How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal, and joining me always is my dad, Noel Teal. Not to my right anymore. But is it going to be weird you saying that now? I know, it is weird, but you are still joining me. You're still the co-host. I let you keep your job. And That's we're so gonna, nice of you. We're still going to keep rolling with the podcast, no matter well, if you're the right. I mean... You got to give the, van, the the fans a little context. You moved into the dorms at UCF. Correct. I'm sitting in your old studio in your room. Yep. We are now doing this separate, not to your right. Um, I, I shed a little tear. Mm. It's different. I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but we are still bringing you the sports content. We're still bringing you the podcast every Tuesday and Friday mornings. Today, we got a lot of really important things to talk. We bought, we we have some headlines to, to speak of. We had NFL preseason week two. We recap a couple performances there. Also a huge retiring news in Henrik Lundqvist, the all-time favorite goalie. Our, the king! Our New York Lundqvist, the king, has retired, and we'll talk about that, you know. Definitely a sad time for us Ranger it fans is. here for, uh, for Henrik Lundqvist retiring. Also... We are going to break down, we told you this last week, we just finished our rankings in terms of our fantasy football rankings. We went wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, QBs. Uh, we decided not to do the kickers or the defense because we actually want people to listen to the podcast. So we cut those out <laughs> of the uh, of the agenda That's today. We're going to go to right. our strategies in fantasy football. We're going to talk about what we personally do when it's dra- when drafting, maybe in terms of Free agents. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Wait season. a minute. I I got two. I got a draft and an auction coming up next week. I got to give my strategies out to everybody. Eh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll we got to tip our our expertise, tip our cap, right. and uh, and All give right. out some Fine. strategies to those people wondering uh, what you can do to make yourself more successful when it comes to drafting uh, your fancy football team. And then after that, we're actually going to go through a mock draft ourselves. We are going to kind of go through a simulator. We're going to do the first six rounds. Uh, get ourselves a QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex, and try to build the best team possible and kind of break down if we were in a draft and we were breaking it down live, uh, where we would go, uh, depending on who's been taken, who's left on the board, and kind of break those things down for you uh, here live uh, as we nice. do this. And like yeah, it. and that's it for uh, what we're going to be doing today. We have a lot of stuff to get to. Let's run it. Let's start today's episode with some headlines in the world of sports. Let's start with a pretty big news in terms of the sports card world. Uh, Fanatics has bought the licensing rights to Major League Baseball uh, and agreed with the Player Association. They will now be producing baseball and MLB cards. It will no longer be Topps. Topps has done it for, I believe, 70-something years now? Is that it? 70 years. Yeah, my whole life it's been Topps. Right. This and, is and now weird. it's fun, it's just fanatics. weird. It is weird because you'd think like with the history, with everything, you know, tops, tops, uh, tops now, 
tops, uh, tops Chrome, the newer yeah. version of cards and whatever, that it'd be like this, this, this thing that just would never end. Like it's a lifetime, you know, partnership. And now Fanatics sneaks in because Fanatics is secretly becoming a huge company in sports, like a humongous. And when you look at the how you know how much Fanatics is worth next to Tops, yeah. it's not even close. Well, you know what's really funny is not to get too off track and talk about business and the and the stock market, but there was a SPAC deal to buy Tops, mm-hmm. and when this deal went through the other day with Fanatics, the SPAC yeah. deal fell apart. I mean, it, they're like, it, this is screw the this. Com- I don't need. I want, I'm not, not buying Tops now. Is this is the company? Is the company not a, a known as a baseball card company? Yeah, I mean, this company's so, going to so go what out are they gonna, What are they going to do now? I guess they got to reinvent themselves in a hurry. Yeah, that is that that is a major mistake by Tops for not. But I'm going to assume that Fanatics offered an a, a, an amount of money that Tops yeah. could never you know reach. Obviously, that's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to assume. So I would Fanatics love to have been in that. New, I would have loved to have been in that boardroom. Yeah, me too. But Fanatics, I believe, takes over 2026. So it's still a couple years away, but. When the licensing agreement runs out for Tops, Fanatics is going to take over, and Fanatics is now in talks to get you know in talks with the uh, with soccer, with basketball, with uh, with the NFL, with all their player associations, looking to basically take over this card world because the card you know the card kind of hobby is is back and it's taken the last couple of years it has taken uh, a big step back to where it used to be in uh, uh, years ago so. Obviously, with, it's a with, good what, with one qualifying factor, and that is everything I buy goes down. Yes, correct. But it is it's a definitely a good long term uh, uh, for the card market, and uh, I, I think it's actually it's really good for the card market because it just it shows that Fanatics is is believing in this so much and is willing to put all this money in that that things good things are to come for the card for 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 sports cards in the future. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well. Let's get to some sad news. I wish I had some sad music on here. You know, we have our You Like That button. We have the uh, You're Not That Guy. Uh, we have the intro music. We just don't have any sad music, and I, I didn't add any sad music. But let's get the violins out. Let's get the tears for Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist has retired from the NHL. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Too soon. Han- hands down, greatest goalie, in my opinion, I've ever watched. In my life, uh, finished what six all time with wins, five, fifth all time with wins, uh, was six. was he's six all time, yeah. Was was the was nicknamed the king. You don't just get nicknamed the king and you're not damn good. And if you didn't get especially a chance, in a city like New York that is experienced, you know, a, a original six team. They've yes. had players, you know, over the hundred years that that have been tremendous, Correct. and he stands on the Mount Rushmore of New York Rangers players. Yeah, and and just, you know, it the, the way it happened really is what make it what made it sad because what uh, people kind of forget and if you don't really follow hockey and you just know the name Henrik Lundqvist, longtime New York Ranger, 15 seasons on the New York Rangers and he the the, the team kind of went through a changing of the guard. They had uh, uh, Igor Shosturkin who was a young goalie from Russia who is now nicknamed the Tsar. And is basically his uh, apprentice and, his and protege. His, yeah, his protege, and is that he is the new, you know, he's the new king in New York. So there was no real room for Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist still thought he was a, you know, starting goalie, still, you know, in his in his late thirties. He went to the Washington Capitals, a rival team, 
then was diagnosed with a heart condition, couldn't play that year and didn't know if he was ever going to play again. And this kind of confirming that he is retiring uh, kind of due to those heart implications. He's just not, he's going to have to have more surgeries uh, and he's just not going to be able to play hockey again. So sad news because of that reason, sad because he's retiring and just a, yeah. uh, just a legend. I didn't realize in age, Jewish history. he had open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. He had, like, to, you know, it was yeah, really yeah. serious. He had really, he had a, a scary heart incident and, Hoping that he's uh, he's good, but definitely he's he's the just man. tough to see. I, I hope yeah, I hope he gets healthy. I hope he becomes an ambassador for the sport. The, the guy is amazing. He's won a gold medal for Sweden. He's won a Vesna trophy. He led us to the Stanley Cup Finals, mm-hmm. and it was definitely not his fault that we lost. The guy was the epitome of class yep. and professionalism. Damn good looking dude, dressed like there was no one else, like mm-hmm. to the to the nines. And uh, just it was the hockey. Definitely was the best. The best looking goalie. Definitely was the best looking by far. (laughs) Yeah, I I think my daughter, my niece, and my wife would all agree with you. Oh wow! All right. Uh, So Lundqvist, we love you, dude. I hope Lundqvist listens to this uh, to this podcast. All right. Well, let's move to uh, our last headline. Week two of the NFL preseason came around, so we don't have any new debuts for rookie quarterbacks, but we do have some headlines that we saw. Let's start with the Eagles. I love talking about the Eagles when it's something bad about the Eagles. This <laughs> is my favorite headline of the week, and it's the Eagles starting 0-2 in the pro se- in the in the in the preseason, which you know doesn't say much. You know, what the records yeah. don't matter. Losing but 35 to offense, nothing, baby. Losing 35 to no- to nothing versus the Patriots this week, mm-hmm. which puts their their plus minus at minus 52 because they've been outscored 52 to nothing in the two preseason games. They haven't scored a point. Jalen Hurts in the first game and Joe Flacco in the second. They couldn't put up a single point in two games. AJ, my heart is breaking for them. It really is. I I can't hold the tears back. I'm actually more excited than you because my my Eagles going 0-17 looks very, very well right now. Honestly, if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl, but the Eagles went 0-17, I'll consider it a, a positive season. <laughs> that's, that's a victory in my books. It definitely is. How about <laughs> By the way, on, uh, yeah. okay, before you get to the next stuff, I, I think the most incredible story of all is the Ravens now have won 19 straight preseason that, games. That is, yeah, that was uh, one of them as well. 19 straight preseason games. Over that is six incredible. years. They've tied the Green Bay Packers when Bart Starr was there. As the most prolific preseason teams ever. It's crazy. And it if is, they win is, their last game, they have a new record. It is incredible. The, that's that's The Cowboys can't get one victory, let alone 19. 19 straight. What is, what is more impressive? Winning 19 straight regular season games, like when it counts, or 19 straight preseason games when it doesn't count? I don't know which one's more impressive. I really it's a don't. really good point because without a game plan after the first one. With all your backups. Plays, with all your backups, with none of your starters really playing past, you know, probably a series or two, mm-hmm. and down to the stretch where no one really gives a crap if, if you win or lose, you just don't want to get hurt. To win 19 straight games over six seasons is insane. It's it's extremely impressive. It really is. Yes. And uh, uh, they they now will have a chance to, you said, make a new record. They will play the Washington yep. football team next week. So they will look for I, 20 straight I'm putting straight my money wins. on Baltimore. Put your money on Baltimore to keep the streak alive. All right, the, um, another headline from the preseason week two. The Bills played the Bears, and you know you're saying the Bills played the Bears. Are we forgetting who the Bills' new backup quarterback is? 
That would be yes. Mr. Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky. And Mitchell Trubisky yeah. went out and balled out. 20 for 28. That's a 71% completion rate, 221 yards, and a touchdown. And he diced up the Bears, winning 41 to 15. Justin Fields. Do you think Fields. he was motivated? Oh, I think he was very motivated. They were uh, the Bears. <laughs> the Bears fans, I think, are like split half and half of people that appreciate him and, and like him, and half that were like, "You sucked," and and we don't appreciate you. So it was like half booze, half cheers. And uh, I think he he heard the booze more than the cheers. And then Fields comes in, didn't have as good as a start as he uh, he had in his first game. But, no, but you know who did? You know who you know who listened to our podcast and basically want us to eat crow? Mm-hmm. Tua. Tua did. Tua, Tua was like, Tua screw the out. deals, man. I'm going to show these bastards I can play this yeah, game. Yeah, Tua, Tua played, I believe, the whole first half. Uh, went 16 for 23, 200 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, him and then Jacoby Brissett looked, looks good as well. So the oh, Dolphins yeah. got a, could have a good, really, uh, like a really good quarterback room uh, for this season. Another one that I wanted to uh, to pick up on was the uh, was the, was the Buccaneers losing thirty four to three to the Titans. Uh, no Tom Brady in this. It was Kyle Trask, and Kyle Trask, your boy, didn't look so hot out there. He was he's uh, never been my boy. When has he like been Kyle my Trask. boy? You liked Kyle Trask. You have talked I, about I, how you like Kyle Trask. Bullshit. Yeah, and uh, no. for the Titans. Um, Matt Barkley is on Matt the Titans. Barkley. It's fun yes. for the preseason is the best because you just see these quarterbacks who you're like they're on a different team every year and you didn't know they were still in the league and now you're seeing them them play and it's it is extremely funny to see well, all these quarterbacks. Oh, totally. And I, I have two other no, n- news of notes. Okay, number one, has Teddy Bridgewater not done enough to win the Denver Bronco job? Like, I I just don't understand it. I, I, the guy should I, be the starting quarterback. It, the hardest thing about Denver right now is that you have who who has who has a higher ceiling in terms of talent as a quarterback, Drew Lock or Teddy Bridgewater. The the there's no question it's Drew Lock. Like Drew Lock has shown at times he has extremely good talent. So do you want Te- do you want to put Teddy wins though, man? Teddy does win. Teddy's a good leader. He does what he, he's nothing special, but he does what he needs to get a win. So do you want that or do you want to? Do you want to try to get the most out of this young quarterback that we know has potential? He just hasn't showed it, and that's just something they're going to have to decide. I think they're going to keep with, stay with the Drew Lock, but yeah. there comes a point where if the Denver Broncos don't start winning, they're going to go and to try to get to a winning quarterback. So it's I, definitely I would going go to, to. I would start Teddy Bridgewater game one. Mm. My my uh, my second uh, one, and actually I have three, but my second one is. I am getting more and more in love with Zach Wilson. I, yep. I just, he looks great. He just looks fun. He looks like. He's a cannon for yeah, an Yeah, he has a cannon. He looks calm, cool, collected in there. Doesn't look very nervous. And no. we we said he has this factor of being a special player. Let's see, come, come this season, let's see him deliver and uh, and be that special player. But he is looking He's I'm drafting very... him as my back. Mark my words. I am <laughs> drafting him as my backup. All right. We'll see. Uh... And then my my third and final uh, preseason update or or view of my uh, of the preseason mm-hmm. is please tell me we saw and we witnessed the final time that Ben DiNucci <laughs> will throw a football for a national football team. Well, there's another week of preseason, so we probably didn't see the last. But one of the last, because this it's getting 
it was it started as a meme. Then it went to it went from like a meme to a joke, and now it's just sad because you're looking at a player that you're seriously asking yourself, how is he on an NFL roster because of how incredibly bad he is at playing Terrible. quarterback? Like not Terrible. in the not even in the NFL, not even as a, an athlete. Like he is just not a good quarterback. I don't know AJ, how this I would guy take. I would take Tim Tebow right now <laughs> over him I don't as know my what, quarterback. I'm not sure how how he 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 is. He even got drafted. He's a, he was a seventh round pick. People, you know, he wasn't just like a undrafted free agent. This guy no. went to James Madison and was a seventh round pick. And I would be shocked if he if he was on this team. You know, he, he's probably going to be a, a practice squad stash, but. It is rough out there. I think he threw three interceptions last game. He threw three interceptions and like five passes in the fourth quarter. And they were just a game that we actually could have won. Yeah, they're not even like tip passes. They're not. No, they're they're terrible. So off. They are. They're they're not even in the vicinity of of a wide receiver. It's it's bad. It's and I I almost want for his own like for his own rest of his life and not getting absolutely destroyed and 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 clowned on social media and and just when people see him, I want him to be out of out of the league so people can forget about this. He needs to go find a job in finance or, or an accountant or something. It's time. It is, it is definitely time. time. It is so time. All right. Well, that is all we have for headlines for this week. We are, we're looking for more news. we got to have more news out there. Uh, oh, we're going to have starting football we're, soon. We're going to have football soon. So uh, enough of the, uh, of the reaching <laughs> uh, headlines out there to start these episodes. But we're going to go into fantasy football now. We're going to start with our strategies. We did this, did this last year. This is an annual thing with us. We are going to break down our fantasy football strategies for 2021. Uh, we're going to give you what what we do. You know, this is how we find success. Uh, mm-hmm. We I have three down right now that are my go tos that are that are something I really recommend, and it's it's going to find you know it's going to have major impacts if you utilize these in your drafts. Uh, I think first off we should talk about the draft style in terms of. Uh, snake draft and auction draft. We have mentioned this a million times on the show, and we'll mention it again because we need to normalize. I, I'm going to start a hashtag on Twitter once I get to you know an actual amount of following of probably a hundred followers, which I'm not close away. Go follow me on Twitter, but I'm going to start a hashtag that goes that says normalize auction drafts because auction drafts need to be the number one and not the number two behind snake drafts. This is getting. I I am so surprised that. I that that auction drafts are out there and people know about them and they just never do them. Is it because they're scared? Is it yes. because they are they're lazy and they don't want to no. do anything scared. or they don't want to spend scared that because much time? it's different. It's different. You have to actually use your brain. You have to stay in focus the entire the entire time of the draft. Whereas, you know, if you have the number one pick, you make your pick and then you take a nap and you come back 24 picks later and you pick two more. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just what people are used to. And uh, I agree with you. The auction draft brings so much more strategy, allows you to build a team the way you want to build it. You get to play GM with the money. I, I love it. I, I, I think I that it. I honestly think it's even more bizarre because of the amount of people that complain about snake drafts. How many people yeah. have you heard like, Oh, it, it, there's such an advantage to having a top four pick than a bottom four pick, or it, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't get a, a top six pick and get a running back, you're obviously not set up for success as you know as the people that do have those top picks. The auction draft eliminates eliminates luck. It eliminates 
a advantage Position. of having a certain pick because you're it, and it honestly is is really good because of how kind of we of, of how we have done fantasy and how we have you know we talked about it the last uh, on last week's episodes when we broke down our positional rankings and we said wider uh, wide receivers tight ends running backs and quarterbacks that we are staying away from and not drafting is because you can you can utilize your you know ability to to auction up a player by putting up those players because you know you're not spending a dollar on them get other people to spend money like that's the strategy it involves and it is right. so much better because it really it it really just is a you know it eliminate it eliminates all all the luck it really does and and you know, you know what's really funny though is the times in the auction draft where you'll put a player up you do not want and you'll bid them up to try to get you know, and, you'll, and you're stuck with them well and you're stuck with them or you're praying to god someone outbids you at maybe the last that's second. a maybe that's a bad maybe that is some luck because that's bad luck but uh <laughs> it's hey that's part of the strategy how far do you want to bid up you know that, that's why i think uh, it, it just it just makes it more fun uh, I, I feel agree. like when i get on a snake draft especially what if you're in a lot of fancy leagues like myself and you're just doing snake draft after snake draft it gets so repetitive so yes. kind of boring so I'm just happy I'm in one league, you know, as well uh, as you are uh, with an auction draft because at least you know it's one that that gives me a little a little. Well, different. and it's our big money league, so yeah. if we're gonna spend big money and to win big money, then you want to be in something right. you have control over. At least it gives us a little bit of you know different new thing, and yep. uh, hopefully the year 2020, you know, 2035 Two. comes around. Uh, <laughs> Auction drafts will be normalized if football is even around in 15 years, which I hope really? it still is. Where the hell is it going? I don't know, but you don't. I don't know. Stop. But Stop. That's the first thing. I believe auction drafts um, are the superior draft. But let's get to our actually actual strategies, and we'll kind of uh, this kind of can relate to either. But we'll definitely try to just keep it uh, to a strategy of just a draft in general. Uh, my yep. number one that I always recommend is stacking. Uh, you love you can, to stack. Stacking, I've done for forever. I think that is an, is it it is extremely helpful. I think that it has very minimal downside. Uh, stacking, if you don't know what that is, it's when you you get a either it can be a quarterback running back duo, but it's normally a quarterback tight end quarterback wide receiver uh, duo when you're playing in a PPR league. Uh, you're getting a quarterback and wide receiver or tight end from the same team. Uh, essentially giving you double points when that wide receiver or tight end scores because you're also getting points for the quarterback throwing the touchdown and it just is a, it is something that that has very minimal downside the only downside you're getting is if the quarterback doesn't show up and, and it, it doesn't produce a good game the odds of the wide receiver or the tight end having a good game probably on the downside but other than that and a and having two guys on the same bye week there's really nothing else to it. And and you're talking about maybe one or two games a season, unless you're, you know, and if you have the elite quarterbacks and you're stacking with Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott or, or Justin Herbert, how, how many down games are those guys having one or two is a, a right. year, but, but let's be, let's be, uh, you know, specific. And you're not talking about getting, uh, Danny dimes and Sterling Sh- uh, Shepard. When, when you're, you're, when you're, you're talking about getting Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. When, when you're going, when you are going to stack, you're going with a quarterback and 
a wide receiver that are an elite duo. You're talking about a quarterback one and a wide receiver one. So when I mention the elite quarterbacks with the Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, you're going Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. You're going Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper. You're going uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Killer, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. You're going all in, you know, to get that elite duo because it just if you're if you're getting those double points and you're down a lot, that when and when those guys have a game. It you really make up can, the points real it can fast. make up the points real fast, and that's my favorite thing about you know about having that. So that's just my first strategy that I would that I really recommend every year. Uh, this year, going into my drafts, I probably write down uh, six, five or six duos that I that I need to get, and if one goes off the board, I cross it out, and I'm like, it, I I go down my list and go, all right, I got to get these players and uh, and fulfill one of at least one of the the duos that I can stack. Uh, for for the the draft that I'm going into, so my my favorite strategy. Or I don't know if it's my favorite strategy, but an important strategy for me is targets. Right, it is all about the opportunity to score points, the opportunity to be on the field, the opportunity to get the ball in your hands. So I like you know I mean look you're going to have receivers drop passes, you're going to have fumbles, and you're going to have quarterbacks throwing interceptions and things like that. But I would rather the quarterback who throws it 50 times a game, I would rather the running back that gets it 25 times a game, I'd rather the wide receiver that gets 10 to 12 targets a game on average, because it just increases your chances. Like, I don't need to go out and find Kiki Kuti, who's going to have three good games a year, and mm-hmm. figure out what three games those are. I would rather have somebody that I know like a um, Cole Beasley who's going to have eight targets every single game because consistently he will score me more points week in, week out. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely can I, I definitely agree with that. And, and in terms of the last thing I just want to say about, about, about stacking is it, it, it really can also get you just to, it, without thinking kind of thinking about it you're getting two great you know you're 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 making sure you get two great players you're getting a wide receiver one and you're getting for 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 you to have that elite you know duo you're gonna have to draft a quarterback pretty high so i've mentioned this year getting one of those top quarterbacks that we listed on on last week's previous episode is really big and with that you're gonna get a good a a good wide wide receiver so it kind of goes hand in hand with that with with what we said last week so it's a it's a win win situation in my opinion. You got a, yeah. a strategy over there that you like as well. Yeah. Besides, you know the the high targeted players. Like I really want the players that have the high targets. My other big strategy is there are so many good wide receivers and tight ends. You have to have depth in running back. The fall off between RB ones and twos and the three fours and fives is so dramatic that the point differential, it can't be made up. Mm. You know, so when you go from a, a Zeke to a, uh, you know, like last year, you know, somebody like, you know, Daryl Henderson, you're, you're losing out on so many points that I can find really solid. I could find Michael Pittman or T.Y. Hilton if I don't get Devontae Adams, and I'm losing maybe eight points a game on average, whereas on the running backs, I could be losing 15 to 17. Yeah. You know, and so for me, 
It's load up on great running backs because you can find great, good, solid, above average wide receivers and tight ends all throughout the draft. Yeah, and and I I'm 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 always with that because the running back situation is real. The the fall off is incredibly real, and and it's something that a lot of people preach. I don't I don't preach it only because of this reason. When you do a snake draft, it it just you don't know how it's going to how the draft is going to fall, number one, and you also don't know what pick you're going to have. We talked about this. When you're in a 12-person league and you have the top six pick, there's six top running backs going. After those top six, if you don't have a top six pick, you're not going to get them, and you're either going to have to go with one of the the second-tier running backs if you really want to reach for them on a a first-round pick or go with one of the elite wide receivers. So the people that preach first two picks got to be a running back and three out of their first four have to be a running back, you can't just say that. Yeah, I have to do that. If you got the eleventh pick, you know, you, you, right. what, you know, b- bottom line, does one of your first two picks have to be a running back? Of course, that's that's kind of oh, you know, without a doubt. That's because a, I mean, that's a no doubter. If you start getting into the Josh Jacobs, Daryl Hendersons, Mike Davises, Travis Etienne's, you know, Kareem Hunt backup, really, mm-hmm. Miles it's just Gaskin, boomer bust week every week. Correct, every week is boomer bust. Whereas if you do have, you know. Uh, Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, you know, Aaron Jones, they're scoring every week, mm-hmm. barring injury. Yeah. So I, I am with that. If, if you have a, I, I think especially this year, if you have a top, especially four pick and you're getting an elite running back and you want to come back at the end of round and you're, you're coming back around at the end of round two and you want to grab one of those tier two running backs that are still there, it can be, it, that could really pay off with you because of how deep, again, the wide receivers are this year. You want to if you want if you're in a spot like that and you want to go grab two running backs, it's definitely something I, I would definitely preach. But if you have, if you got the eleventh pick or you got a bottom four pick in the first round, it's just not something that you can really do and afford to do because of now you're leaving the elite wide receivers there and you're not even getting an elite running back. So you're now you're just having no elite yeah, players H, and you're kind of screwing I, up your draft. Yeah, but I'm I'm actually of the strategy that getting three top running backs in the first five rounds will pay off because Mm -hmm. of injuries because of the flexibility with the flex you know having three elite running backs i i absolutely can make it up in round six through 12 to get wide receivers a quarterback and totally a hundred percent but to have one elite running back you have to have a top six pick so Again, when we break this, when we when we yeah. do our mock draft in a little bit, you're going to have a top pick in a draft. I'm going to have a bottom pick in the draft. And you'll see how kind of it just wouldn't make sense to go, you know, you, you, you just there's sometimes you just can't go with a running back in the first round or you can't go two running backs in three rounds. It just it just depends how the, the draft yeah. goes. And that's just what yeah, you, but you always with have with some idiot drafts. who picks Patrick Mahomes with the seven. Well, pick. you know. <laughs> it, that if you got if you got those kind of uh what's a if you got those kind of uh guys in your draft then uh then we you know you can do your there's, own thing there's always that kind of guy in there there, there always is you're right all right uh one last uh one i'm i think i'm stealing it from you but i'm just gonna i'm gonna start the conversation here double tight ends that is the, double tight end baby that is the null teal patent pending uh uh strategy there it's, in it's not football. double tight end it's double top Four tight ends. Well, yeah. So the strategy there, uh, we talked about it when we talked about tight ends last week. 
basically utilizing that flex position to be another tight end. So that means that you are kind of, it, it, it really is a strong strategy that I don't see a lot of people using. I, I, I honestly have never seen someone use it beside, before you did it, before you started doing it uh, the last couple of years, when the, when the tight end position and the elite tight ends came, uh, came about in the league, Kittle, Kelsey, Darren Waller, a couple of years ago, Zach Ertz was, was that guy as well. Uh, getting two of those guys, you know, whether it's Kelsey in the fourth round and, and Waller in the fifth this year, um, well, or, 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 or you're going Kelsey in the, in, the, in the early third round and then you're waiting a little to get Kittle, uh, whatever the, the duo is, you're, you're basically, not only are you getting two great tight ends and you can start both of them in your starting lineup, you're also keeping one of those tight ends away from another team. And I think yep. that's even even a bigger plus to doing this strategy. Correct. So it's, it's something forget, that is is slept on very big. Let's not forget, the four people you mentioned are basically wide receivers. Right. And, that, and right. That's, These that's are not your thing. blocking tight ends. And that's These are the guys thing. that come in and go out and get 100 yards of receiving and a couple uh, of touchdowns. Agreed. And that's, that's one thing we have to just... We, we really have to kind of normalize. Another normalization we have to do in fantasy football is the tight end position is no different from the wide receiver position. No no, posi- no one of those positions gets any more points than the other for, for catches. They all get yep. one point per 10 yards. Like, it's the same thing. They do the same thing. They score touchdowns. They, they catch balls. And when you, when you look at Travis Kelsey's number, numbers and uh, Tyree Kill's numbers, they're, they're real close. They're really close, and they're, they're two. Really they're two players that played two different positions. So when you see Kelsey as the fourth best player in fantasy this year, yeah, it is. It's tough to pick him in the first two rounds, but think of what these tight ends are becoming. They're becoming guys that are twelve hundred yard receivers, uh, yep. uh, fifteen touchdowns in a year if if they have an incredible year. Like th- this is something we have to think about when you know when we categorize tight ends you're not really picking a tight end you're picking a wide receiver in the first round so it is uh it is a it's a great strategy i really hope the people in our league are not listening (laughs) i mean you know it is what it is you know these aren't secret strategies these aren't secret strategies we're just no we're just making them known they're mine they're making them known all right (laughs) Uh, you all right, got let's any, get into some any other strategies for us. Or is nope, that, that's or what, all I'm giving that out. All right, that's, that's all I'm, our yes, secrets. That's all I'm giving. That's all our secrets yep. we're giving out. All right, we are going to get into our last segment. We're going to do a full-on mock draft here on the podcast for you uh, for six rounds. Get our starting lineup rounded out uh, right after a quick word from our sponsor. Have you guys heard of the Bear Project? Well, let me tell you about it. The Bear Project is a way to help send a disadvantaged kid to summer camp. Attending summer camp is a rite of passage. Summer camps can play an important role in the lives of children, including supporting their social, emotional, and physical development. This luxury just doesn't extend to everybody. This is what the Bear Project plans to solve. You can get involved and help send disadvantaged children to summer camps. If you want to help, head to their Instagram, The Bear Project, and also head to their website, www.thebearproject.com. That's bear, spelled B-A-E-R, to get involved. Back on the sports appeal, we are getting in to our mock draft. Uh, are we just gonna kind of, you know, title this as the mock draft or the sports appeal mock draft one one Are we gonna go back at Ooh, um, at this in a 
in another week before this season starts. I don't know, but we are going to hop in to a mock draft simulator, uh, two different ones. I believe you're having the third pick. Is that is that what we were we were going with? I do. I have the third pick in the draft. Third pick. We're running twelve te- team leagues. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the eighth pick, and we're gonna do we're gonna go with six rounds here to round out our starting lineup. Uh, quarterback or two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. That's pretty much standard stuff. This is a PPR league. Again, if you're not playing PPR, uh, what are you doing? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. When people play standard leagues. It, that makes no that that is first of all it's not fun well it, that is or the half as, point pprs or i don't like any of those things you might as well just draft eight running backs because what is the use of of wide receivers and tight ends but Correct. i think that uh i think pretty much 80 percent of people play ppr now of whatever one and a half ppr half ppr you want to use it's all the same but let's let's hop into this uh to this this mock draft and we're going to start with you that the third pick uh what's going on within in round one all right so in round one in my uh mock draft simulator McCaffrey went off the board number one and Dalvin yes. Cook went off number two as most and we got Dalvin it happens all right yeah. so 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 I've got to choose now between Kamara Henry and Elliot mm-hmm. now my heart wants to go with Elliot but I don't know at three that that makes sense um, my problem with the Kamara thing is I, you think he's going to have this massive mm. season. Steal at three. I, I It might be, but I'm, I, I, I don't. I just, I hate this team. I think this team is going to take a massive step back. And I just think when teams don't win and they are really struggling, people like Kamara and Elliot, we've seen this before, they check out mentally. Yeah. They're just not in it. And I just think he's been paid. He's I like Derrick Henry. The team's going to be excellent. They're going to be playing. Every game's going to matter. Give me Derrick Henry with the number three overall pick. You know, the fact that we're sitting here, like, debating Derrick Henry versus Alvin Kamara, when if these guys stay healthy, they should have incredible seasons because they're both incredible players. You can't, like, unless someone, I'm I'm saying this, unless someone gets extremely injured, you can't go, you're not, you can't go really wrong, I think, with the Henry or Kamara uh, thing. I, I, Personally, agree that that I think Kamara his his value to his team and the way that that the team is is structured with nobody else on that team that his yeah. that his ability to have an incredible season is a lot more than Derrick Henry. But again, Derrick Henry just re- rushed for two thousand yards, and how are you also going to pass that up? So I, I don't think you can go wrong at the third pick. Uh, I think Kamara would have been my pick there, but you're going with Henry at at three. All right, yeah. so. I'm here with the eighth pick. Uh, same two as you. Uh, it went McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, or McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Then Kamara went off third. Then Derrick Henry. Saquon goes fifth. Then Nick oh. Chubb goes sixth. That's an interesting wow. one. Travis Kelsey fast. at seven. So maybe that Nick Chubb pick was one of those idiots that we were talking about every, that every league has. Uh, maybe a Browns fan there. Then Kelsey does go off the board as the seventh pick. We yeah. talked about it. You know, if that's the the leading point getter in in the league or a top five uh, fantasy player, that that can end up being a great pick. At but the seven. fact that Travis Kelsey went before Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill is amazing. And that's where I'm sitting. We have Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and we still got Ezekiel Elliott sitting at eight. And I did talk about you know the reason I'm going to go with this pick is because. If you're sitting here with a bottom four pick or a bottom five pick, an eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve, 
and you still somehow have one of those top six running backs, and the top six running backs I'm talking about are Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and, and Ezekiel Elliott, you got to pick them. Unless, it's, unless you're worried about Saquon's injury, if it's Ezekiel Elliott at eight, you can't, I, I don't see how I would I how I would pass that up. So I'm going to take I, Zeke I, at at eight over Devontae or Tyreek because I I yep. think that's extremely uh, that's an extremely good pick when you're going to come right back around at the fifth pick in the second round and you're going to have wide receivers there. Yep. No, I totally agree. I would I, in that situation I'd be picking Zeke too. Yeah. So in my world, after I picked Derrick Henry, so I got my mm-hmm. running back right. So of course, all the other running backs went off the board: Kamara, Barkley, Elliott, right. Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Ooh, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire. They're all gone, mm. right? That, what, so, the cons having the top three pick is you got to wait. You got to wait a really long time. And then obviously Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs and Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins, all the top five wide receivers went. Yes. And Patrick Mahomes went. So what's interesting is, and Kelsey is the only tight end that went off the board. Right. So here I am, you know, with my second round pick, you know, being number 10, Mm -hmm. you're on the, on the, on the way back. And I've got to decide at this point, right. So, at the running back position, if I was to look at kind of what was left, I'm looking in that Chris Carson, DK, J, uh, J.K. Dobbins arena, and that doesn't excite me right here at round two, right? At the quarterback position, do I go Josh Allen here, right? Mm, might be able to get him on the swing around. So my thing right now is, all right, if I've got a top running back, let me go get either a top wide receiver or a top tight end. So do I go with Kittle? Darren Waller, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, right. I think is kind of where we're at right here. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just think it is too hard to pass up on what you talked about, who could be the number one tight end in this, which is basically getting oh, me another top wide receiver. And I I'm like going to pick Darren Waller. I like it. I like the pick. I think Waller is definitely on. Uh, I did say he was my number one tight end. I do I like that pick in the, you know, in the back end of the second round, you just got Derrick Henry. You're going to line him up with Waller. Uh, who was the top wide receiver? You said Justin, was Justin Jefferson the top wide receiver on the yep. board right now? Yep. It, it, I, I think you're, you're going with such a safer pick in Darren Waller and, and yep. a, a guy that I believe should finish with more fancy points than Justin Jefferson. So I do like that Agreed. pick at, at the, the back end of round two when you're going to come around and that's the beauty of it. You did have to wait. You're going to come around, you know, five or uh, what should be what? Five picks six later, picks six later. picks later, and you'll have you'll have some of the same guys available. You could even get uh, Kittle on the on the back end there because Kittle is the guy that is kind of falling in the you know if falling is a word you know to the third fourth round he is the one tight end that is kind of falling out of the two. But right now the situation I'm sitting in is after I did take Ezekiel Elliott, some of the guys to go uh, Devonte Adams, Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill is gone, Jonathan Taylor is gone. My boy uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Mahomes was just pick ahead of me, so mm. I'm kind of in a. Uh, uh, I only really have one option here, and that's to go with a, a pass catcher with a wide receiver, a tight end as well. Um, I'm sitting. I have I have very good options, and I'm not. You know, I am. I'm kind of torn here, not because of I don't know who to pick because you know nothing excites me. I'm going. I have a lot of exciting players here sitting. I still have Stephon Diggs sitting here. Uh, with the wow. fifth pick in the second round, I have Stephon Calvin Diggs is still available. 
Diggs Calvin still, Ridley still available? Calvin Ridley I still have available. I still have Darren Waller and Justin Jefferson available. So I would love to have gone, gone Darren Waller as well, like you just did. But with Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley there, I, there's no way that no I could way. possibly do that. Um, Correct. I love Ridley this year, but if you told me Stephon Diggs would be here um, on my way around and I could walk out of, out of the first two rounds with Zeke and Stephon Diggs, uh, I would take that all day. So I'm going to take Diggs with that uh, fifth pick in the second round. And, you uh, can't go wrong between Diggs and Ridley. Yeah, I think they're going to have two incredible years. I really do. Yeah. It just so sucks you can't get both of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as I kind of sneak around here to round three, mm-hmm. after my Darren Waller pick, uh, three wide receivers were taken. Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson was taken. Mm. Good riddance <laughs> wouldn't take in lamar jackson if you paid me mm. so here i have now i've got darren waller at tight end slash flex yeah. and i've got uh zeke so what do i do here in round three on the way back and y- you just said it i am absolutely positively taking mr george kittle mm. and i will go with my philosophy and get two of the top four tight ends. All right, I I like it. You're, so, what did I just say? You know, I, I'm Kittle is the guy that is falling. So, you, you took your uh, you took the luck on him going six more picks. He does fall six more picks. Um, I think that's a I I think it's a great take right there at uh, in the in the third round uh, to take Kittle there. Uh, I'm I'm in a more you know sticky situation because the board did not fall high really planned. I was hoping that I would go with my strategy. And getting an elite duo um, at quarterback and wide receiver, but uh, the Josh computer the computer decided to screw me over. Uh, some guys that just came off DK Metcalf was taken off Ridley, obviously Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Justin Jefferson, Waller also taken at tight end, Keenan Allen taken from me, George Kittle went off two picks ago, and right before oh. I was about to make my selection at number eight in the third round, Mister Josh Allen goes off the board. So again. It's those snake drafts. Sometimes they don't go as you plan. So right now I'm in, you know, I, I, I'm, I, w- I was setting on taking Josh Allen there, but now I'm going to have to decide who I'm going with. Am I going with another running back to pair with Zeke? Am I going with another wide receiver to get two really good wide receivers? Because the wide receivers on the board right now I could choose from are Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, or Robert Woods. So I think that would be plenty of uh, good opportunities. I, I think that would be pretty good. But right now I'm kind of looking at another running back. I'm looking at Chris Carson. I'm looking at Miles Sanders um, and Josh Jacobs down there as well. And and I'm kind of deciding between Chris Carson and Miles Sanders. Um, I've talked about how I really like Miles Sanders this year. I think that um, he could he could really have a good season and probably his best pro season yet because of how the offense should be structured this year and how they should be running the football a lot more. But then you go to Chris Carson and you talk about what do you want in a running back to be in a system that runs the football already and you've seen year sure. after year, and that's what just the Seattle Seahawks have done. Just, yeah, that guy just can't stay healthy. Too. If he can, he's, 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 he's always productive when he's healthy. Yes, he is, he is always productive when he's healthy. And I think that... I think I'm going to bake. Uh, I am going to bank on him being healthy. I'm going to take Chris Carson here um, and go with go with getting another very good running back that should have a good year. And now I'm combining Zeke with Chris Carson. I think my starting running backs um, are very good, and I 
probably shouldn't have to worry about getting a backup one here uh, for a couple rounds um, after I get my starting lineup taken care of. Mm -hmm. Well, so (laughs) here's where my problem lies, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel great with my Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Derrick Henry. I mean, you can't start a draft much better. But now it comes a problem because 20-something picks later, you know, all the running backs are basically off the board. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, literally. Where, this is where yeah. the, the running back cliff completely falls off the edge and you're yes. in no man's land. Right. So what got taken while I was waiting was Dobbins, Montgomery, Carson, Swift, Jacobs, Henderson, Sanders. I mean, they all got taken. It, all in so, front of you. Right. So I've got to get a running back here. I mean, if I wait another round or two, I am going to be looking at the likes of literally Garbaggio, (laughs) right? So, you know, I kind of look at this list and, you know, it's not a good list. (laughs) It's It's Mike Davis, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, Edmonds, Damian Harris, and James Robinson, right? So I'm not really excited about any of these people. No. So I'm going to take a little flyer here and just go with what I expect to be at least the guy who's going to get most of the carries on mm-hmm. his team. Um, so I am going to go with Mike Davis just because I've got to get a starting running back to be RB2. All right. I, 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 I said this. If Mike Davis is the one running back that you got to look at and be like, uh, he, you know, I know we're doing a mock draft here, but in, 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 in some other drafts that I've done, he has fallen to a lot later rounds. And that's because you look at him and he's Mike Davis and everyone's like, probably still thinks he's the backup on the Carolina Panthers, but he's actually on a team in the Atlanta Falcons where he is the number one running back and he doesn't have a lot of competition. So he's right. one of those guys that may not be the most exciting. He may not be labeled as an elite running back, but again, in that competition factor, He's he's the starter there. So if you're going to get a starting running back, you might as well take a, a flyer on him. If if you already got some good wide receivers and you already got a quarterback, and you know you have two t- tight ends, you, you right. can take a flyer on 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 uh, on Mike Davis. If you already got Derrick Henry as your other running back, uh, yep. I think it's a, I think it's a solid pick here. Mm-hmm. In the uh, in the fourth round, coming back in the the fifth pick in the fourth round, uh, some guys that went off the. Off the uh, the board, Robins, uh, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, obviously. Then some interesting ones. Josh Jacobs went as early as round four. Amari Cooper That's went crazy. off. Uh, Miles Sanders taken right before me, as well as Julio Jones, who I would have looked at as well. And now I'm, I'm looking at, at an in, the way this draft has fallen is very interesting because there has not been a importance on quarterback uh, from the other teams. Uh, the More of the importance has been put on tight end. All the tight ends are gone and especially uh, wide receivers. So uh, I'm looking at right now on my board, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup, who I think are good players. But in round four, when I already have Stefan Diggs, two good running backs, uh, I am, I, I'm just not excited by those guys. Um, I'm not going to look at a running back here because I already have two. And the, the, the elite tight ends, I, I've already missed out on. So I didn't want to go quarterback this early because I didn't get uh, the, the, the stacking, the, the duo that I would have wished of, of getting Hopkins, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper to match with Dak, 
uh, DK Metcalf to match with Russell Wilson. And the last one I was hoping for was Stefan Diggs and, uh, and Josh Allen. So right now, Kyler Murray sits on the board here in round four. Uh, uh, he is, he is, the, he is the guy that I'm banking on this year. Uh, I think that even if I can't get the stack, I still got to go with a fantastic quarterback here that should get me uh, a lot of points here. And who I think will finish as the QB1 in fantasy this year. And Kyler Murray, I'm going to take him off the board in round four. You know what's interesting? In my four, round four, what pick? That was the pick five in round four. Uh, he went round four, pick eight in in my. Yeah, he's, he he he'll he'll float around the fourth and maybe maybe the early fifth if if you people let him get that far. All right, so now I'm flipping around five picks to get in the uh, the third pick in the fifth round, and I've got to grab a quarterback here. Yeah, because there are three quarterbacks right now, on, four quarterbacks on the board right now that are, I, I mean, they, they, they've dropped to me from uh, from God above. <laughs> and that is Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. The fact that I could still get one of those four studs with the team I've already got, I, I mean, how, how can you go wrong? And, and you can't. I, I could literally throw a dart at the board and I'm going to be just fine. But I'm going to go with what I said last week when we ranked the quarterbacks. Give me the chip on the shoulder. Give me the MVP, reigning MVP. Give me, we're going to run it back, me and Devontae, one more time. Give me, I got Randall Cobb back. I got all my wide receivers healthy. I got a strong tight end. I got a running game. I have a decent line. Give me Aaron Rodgers and let's ball. Mm. I, I like it. I said Rodgers this year, barely missed my top three. Uh, it's only because of how incredible his season was last year, and I just see a step back being you know, something that has to happen. But Rodgers, in his entire career, has always been the quarterback that people sleep on, and he always has a good year because people, for some reason, and I'm, I'm one of those people that have just said, like, oh, he's not a fantasy QB. No, he actually is just, he is a fantasy QB. Like, that team, mm-hmm. you, you know, that team throws the ball a lot. And he is a guy that is going to put up MVP numbers probably again. And uh, yep. and it's it's a good pick because of how he's just not considered among those elite quarterbacks in fantasy right now. And he's not being taken with the Mahomes and the Lamar Jackson. So if you want to fall back on, on Rodgers, I have no problem with that. For me, though, I the board is just not falling my way. I am having some guys completely screw me over in in, in this draft right now because... Right after I take Kyler Murray, I was looking to come back at tight end. I had my eye on a couple tight ends, and those tight ends went right off the board. Uh, <laughs> tight, uh, tight ends, including Kyle Pitts, went right after Kyler Murray. Uh, then TJ Hawkinson followed. Uh, some mm-hmm. other wide receivers in Cooper Cup, uh, Robert Woods, and Chris Godwin go off the board. DJ Moore goes off the board. Tyler Lockett goes off the board. So does Brandon Ayuk, who I would have loved in this situation. And then Mark Andrews goes right before me. So that's three in a row of positional needs that have gone literally the pick before me. And that's what happens in, in these type of drafts. So right now I am looking at, I, I am left with a wide receiver, a flex, and a tight end. So that means I need some pass catchers now. When I look at the wide receivers, I see nothing that I love. I see Deontay Johnson, uh, nope. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, mm. and Kenny Galladay. Uh, Jamar Chase, I am not liking what I see in preseason. Uh, 
right. not looking like like a wide receiver that I'm I'm drafting in fantasy cannot get T. Higgins you know, create, had a great year last year. Yeah, T. Higgins had a good year, and I would probably be fine with putting him as my number two wide receiver. But then I go to tight ends, and I'm looking at Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, and Robert Tanyan. And I see a guy that I've, I've been eyeing and I do like this year in terms of tight end, and that is Robert Tanyan. And this might be a little early for Robert Tanyan in the fifth round, uh, but I just don't see... I just don't see a wide receiver right now that I that I'd be willing to take, uh, and I wow. want to get that tight end position out of the way. I'm going to take Tanya in round five. Interesting. I'd love to see the, that list of wide receivers because I gotta believe there's a few on there that are studs that are in the hiding. Yeah, right. there. Yeah, I got some 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 studs uh, in the hiding, and that's why I'm going to pass up on them because there is this. I have seen in, in definitely in snake drafts, you know. Three guys that I said I'm not drafting still on the board and Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odo Beckham. I'm not drafting any of them. I can wait because there's guys under there that I have even ranked above them. Let yeah. the let those guys get taken off the board. I can wait for more wide receivers um, to get taken. So with my stud lineup growing here, I have to fill it in the next two rounds with wide receivers. And so yeah. I'm going – I've got a few here on the list. Uh you know, Odell Beckham Jr., Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool, Tyler Boyd. But I, again, if you listened last week and heard what I said, this is the year that I truly believe you're going to see the emergence of Calvin Ridley 2.0. And Jerry Judy is sitting on this board right now screaming at me to take him, which I am going to do because this man is going to be my second wide receiver. Wow. All right. So that's that's your uh, your fifth round pick. Who you're going with, or your sixth? That's my sixth round pick. Yeah, you're in the sixth. I am in the sixth yeah. now as well. The fifth pick in the sixth, coming back around. Uh, I I have to go wide receiver. I got to get a number two wide receiver. This is probably the latest I've waited for a number two wide receiver. But the team right now, in in the top four, being Stefan Diggs, Kyler Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, and Chris Carson, I, I am I'm perfectly fine with going. You got to go weak at one position, and if I'm going to go weak at wide receiver two, I'm not going to sweat it because. The odds are I'm going to probably be going in and out of my bench every other week, kind of doing that mm-hmm. as well. So I am going to go look at my wide receiver list uh, right now. I'm going to look at Kenny Galladay still on the board. Uh, I know I said I wasn't going to pick him, but right now uh, it might it, it just might have to be what I uh, what I look at. Um, I see Juju Smith-Schuster, Odo Beckham. I still see Jamar Chase. Uh, I just. I, I look more. I, you know, I look more down the list. I see Claypool. I see Robbie Anderson. But the one guy that I think I would pass all of them up for is actually your guy, and that is Mister Jerry Judy himself. Yeah, of the Denver me, huh? Broncos. I think he has a good year. I'm with you on the Cortland Sutton. There's a reason he's I think ranked right now above Cor- Cortland Sutton as yeah. the 44th wide receiver, and Sutton actually as the 45th. Is I think that he has. I, I think with Sutton coming off the injury, I would definitely take Jerry Judy right now above uh, Cortland Sutton. All right. And then for my last pick to, to round out my, my top six, you know, people on my team, <clears throat> I need another wide receiver. I got to choose between Robbie Anderson and Chase Claypool, basically, because I think those are the two best options. Thinking about Robbie Anderson reuniting with Sam Darnold is very enticing. Um 
but I'm going to go with the guy who in the first half of last year looked like he could be an all could be an all pro or all star or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like Chase Claypool a lot. I think that if he can get going, um, he could have a monster year, and, and I'll take the, I'll take the chance with Claypool over OBJ and Robbie Anderson. So you're going with Claypool as your flex. I see Claypool here as my flex as well. I think in the seventh round. Chase Claypool was such an exciting player last year. Uh, I think that he is Ben's favorite target. I'm not messing with Juju Smith-Schuster. I see Chase Claypool right up, right below him, and I would take Chase Claypool over Juju any day. Give me Claypool as well in my seventh seventh round pick. So let's recap these rosters real quick. Let's see uh, let's see what we got here, uh, and we'll kind of compare the teams. We'll let you guys decide who is the uh, the best yeah, team here. We'll, we, we need to put it up of who drafted better. Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry and Mike Davis, Jerry Judy and Chase Claypool, Darren Waller and George Kittle. Mm. That, that that tight end, that, those tight ends make it look really good. All right. At it does, doesn't it? At quarterback, I got Kyler Murray, my two running backs with Zeke Elliott and Chris Carson, wide receivers being Stephon Diggs and Jerry Judy. Tight end, I got Robert Tanyan, and at wide receiver for my flex, I have Chase Claypool as well. So, I Dude, think your, your lineup's pretty damn good too. It's, it's good. It is two really good lineups. I think yep. you realized uh, going with the tight ends. I let you know. I, I actually this draft for once in my life got two strong running backs, and I think it, yes. it definitely that makes is something the team you look normally don't do. No, yeah. I don't. So I, I I like both of our drafts here. So we'll let you guys decide um, who's the best. Who has the best team? Uh, appreciate listening to the our, our fancy advice. We're getting. We're counting down the days till till football starts. So hopefully, utilize these uh, strategies and and kind of liked our mock draft going through and and keep that in mind while you're drafting your teams. Yeah, I look forward to on Friday. See if maybe we want to do a 2.0. Yeah, Friday we might come back with 2.0. Uh, hopefully, I won't get Josh Allen stolen once again, uh, <laughs> as I try to stack.